You are beloved. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city built on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. How can the light of Jesus radiate from you today? What does blessing look like in your life? Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise, sort out our thoughts through honest conversation, and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith-filled action in a world of endless possibilities. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, and we are in part four of our Advent series, Oh, Weary World Rejoice. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, I will let you know that there are three episodes right before this one. Part one is called The Beginning. Part two is The Becoming. And part three is the believing. So if you want to catch up before you dive into this episode, that is just fine. Or join us and then go back and listen. So either way, we are in part four, the blessing. We are really dissecting a passage of Luke towards the end of the book of chapter one of Luke. And this week, we're going to be diving into verses 39 through 45. And what I would love to do is read from the voice translation and then kind of go into what what I believe the Lord is talking to me about, and hopefully it resonates with you as well. So Luke chapter 1, verse 39 says like this. So just for context, Mary has just encountered the angel Gabriel who's told her, hey, Mary, guess what? The Lord is going to hover over you and you are going to have a baby who's going to be the savior of the world. So, you know, just everyday newsfeed kind of stuff there. And she says, here I am. I am the Lord's humble servant. Be it unto me as you have said. So let it be done to me. And the heavenly messenger was gone. The angel left. So verse 39, Luke chapter 1. Mary immediately got up and hurried to the hill country in the province of Judah, where her cousins Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. When Mary entered her home and greeted Elizabeth, who felt their baby leap within her womb, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth exclaimed, You are blessed, Mary, blessed among all women, and the child you bear is blessed. And blessed am I as well that the mother of my Lord has come to me as soon as I heard your voice greet me. My baby leaped for joy within me. How fortunate you are, Mary, for you have believed that what the Lord told you would be fulfilled. Wow, what an incredible encounter. And to go back even further, many of you may be very familiar with Zechariah's story. And he was the priest in the temple and the angel Gabriel visited him and said, hey, you all are going to have a baby and his name's going to be John. So Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist and Mary is now newly pregnant with Jesus. 
and they are having their encounter for the first time. And I love verse 39 because what does it tell us about Mary's posture after she gets this word? Now it tells us ahead of time before this that she has she is baffled, she's perplexed, she is she is she's got her own feelings about what she's heard from the angel. But once the word comes and she submits to God's will over her life, what does she do? In the voice translation, it it phrases it like this, Mary immediately got up and hurried to the hill country, straight to Zachariah's house and Elizabeth's house. And even before I go any further into this passage and, and talk about what God's bringing, I have to ask you this question. What has God told you already? What has his word spoken over you? What truth do you know? What message or vision has he given you? And you are are delaying action. Let Mary's actions be an encouragement and an inspiration for you, for me today. What do we need to do right now? Have you been waiting on something kind of hemming and hawing and wondering about something when you know that the Lord has actually given you this vision and it's time to get up, pick up your mat and walk. Do you want to respond to his invitation over you? And as I'm saying this, I'm just getting the sense that procrastination, first of all, procrastination is one of my very, very favorite things to do. And I do believe that in some cases, procrastination is actually a sin. Because if I know that God's told me to do something and he's a, He's asked me to, to pray a certain way, to make a phone call, to make that invitation, to apologize, whatever it is, to, to pick up my mat and walk and go do the thing, go walk in the thing that he's brought me, and I'm, cons- and I'm perseverating and I'm wondering and I'm looking for one more sign and one more sign and one more sign, I believe that that procrastination is actually a form of disobedience. Because I know what he's told me, and I'm choosing not to do it. And yet, Mary shows us what it looks like to get up and immediately respond. And what does she do? She goes to her cousin's house. Because the angel has said, your cousin Elizabeth is also pregnant. You're never going to believe this, but I'm going to use this testimony in Elizabeth's life to encourage you to speak to you, Mary. And so Mary thinks in her own mind, she's like, you know what? The one thing that I know for sure is that Elizabeth is pregnant. It's a miracle. And so I'm going to go and see her. Mary has no idea what's going to happen next. So even now, as you're thinking about this in your own life, what what has God given you? What kind of vision, dream, idea has he given you? And you don't know how it's going to play out. You don't know how it's going to play out over the long haul. But even now you can think of one person that you can talk to. One thing that you can go and do, because I would suggest that when you go do that thing, then the next step on the path will be illuminated and the next step and the next step and the next step. That is how God directs us in this life. And when, when Mary shows up on the scene and she knocks on Zechariah and Elizabeth's door and walks in, how does Elizabeth respond? Verses 42 and 43, she says, you are blessed. 
Mary, blessed among all women, the child you bear is blessed, and blessed am I as well that the mother of my Lord has come to me. That is this idea of blessing. As I say that, as I say blessing, I think of a Christmas vacation. The blessing. They want you to say the blessing. That's not what, that's not, I, let me not be derailing you in this episode. I apologize. But what does kingdom blessing look like? Mary says this three or four times over Elizabeth. You are excuse me, Elizabeth says this over Mary's life, you are blessed, blessed among women. The child you bear is blessed and blessed am I. Do you see the ripple effect in the kingdom? The ripple effect of favor and blessing and joy and presence that comes because we see the dominoes connecting here. Mary is blessed because God has shown favor and he has hovered over her to bring who? the child who will be the savior of the world, a blessing to the world. And because Mary and Jesus have showed up in Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth is blessed as well because the mother of her Lord has come to see her. So it got me thinking, what does blessing mean in this context? Blessed are you among women. So when I looked this up, I love Blue Letter Bible, by the way. So if you're wondering how could you begin to study the Bible on your own and pull up certain passages, download the app or go to the website, Blue Letter Bible, and you can you can click on a specific verse and then even more focused, a specific word. So I clicked on the word blessed in this case, and it's the Greek word Eulagio. <laughs> I'm like hesitating because I really, I don't, I never studied Greek or Hebrew. So all you seminarians out there, please, please forgive me and correct me if you want to, please. But I think it's eulageo, okay? And it means celebrated are you. Caused to prosper are you, favored of God. So celebrated, prosperous, favored of God. That's what she's speaking over Mary in this context. And, you know, apparently the Holy Spirit told Elizabeth that Mary's child was the Messiah because Elizabeth calls her young cousin, her relative, the mother of my Lord. So in that moment, there's a holy connection and an electricity that's coming. And Mary rushes as she's rushing off to see Elizabeth. She honestly must have been wondering if the events of the last few days were even real. Can this even have even happened? Is this is this something I dreamed? No, I don't think so. I'm going to go to Elizabeth for strengthening of my faith. And Elizabeth is a mentor that's going to help her realize that this isn't a dream. This is actually real. And Mary's pregnancy must have seemed impossible. It seems impossible, doesn't it, in the worldly sense? But Elizabeth believed in the Lord's faithfulness, and she rejoices in Mary's condition because she knows what's happening in the supernatural realm. So I want to encourage you today, look for people that are going to strengthen your faith. Mary goes to Elizabeth because she knows that Elizabeth is carrying a blessing too. She is walking out a miracle of the Holy Spirit, even in her aged years She's pregnant with John the Baptist, and Mary goes and looks for her. Who are you surrounded by? Who is influencing you? Who is living out the testimony of kingdom on earth that is really blessing for you that you can go and, and be encouraged by today? If, if, if a name is coming to you, 
take a pencil, write it in your notes and think, okay, after I listen to this podcast episode, I want to get in touch with someone. Who is that person? So that you can connect, so that they can encourage you and you can encourage each other and you will be reciprocal blessings to each other. I got to thinking, you know, even though Elizabeth was pregnant with with a long-awaited son, she really could have envied Mary because Elizabeth is carrying John the Baptist, who is the forerunner to Jesus. And Mary shows up and she actually has the son of God in her womb. But she doesn't compare blessings. So (laughs) I was imagining like, what if Mary showed up? And Elizabeth was there and she said, oh my gosh, Mary. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. You know what? Congratulations. I am so excited for you. You are carrying the savior of the world. You have a miracle baby and I have a miracle baby. Oh my gosh, we both have miracle babies. You know, I mean, you're most favored, but I also am favored because my son is going to do this. Isn't it? I'm being facetious. Of course I am. But isn't there just, it's funny because it's true. And there's just times in the kingdom or even in life when we might be tempted to compare blessing or favor, compare miracle babies, just joking. But you know what I mean? Like we can look at someone else's life and think, wow, look at the blessing over their life. Look at the favor over their life. Oh my gosh, how come they get X, Y, Z? How come they're prospering and I'm not? How come what they have seems to be better, bigger, more important than what I have? And what I want to suggest to you today that is that Elizabeth is a wonderful role model in this regard. Because yes, each of these women have the anointing over them for a different task. The similarity is that that God has brought about new life in a place where it seemed impossible. In Elizabeth's barren womb, she was older. In Mary's virgin womb, she had not been with Joseph. So he's bringing about new life, but these the new life that's coming from each of them has kingdom has a kingdom role, but has a different role in the kingdom. John the Baptist will be born and he will be the forerunner, the precursor, the one pointing to Jesus. Jesus is going to come in and he is the savior of the world. How are you tempted today to compare your life, your blessing, your whatever with somebody else's? I believe that today the Lord wants to set you free from that. What does it look like for you to connect with him, for you to ask for dreams and visions and for for downloads and and the voice of God to inform your life, to bring about health and vitality and fulfillment and purpose in your life, for your family, for your generational legacy, not someone else's. We each have our own kingdom work to do. You do, I do. So let's encourage one another. Let's just cancel the idea of comparison in Jesus' name right now. That is not how we, that is not kingdom living. As your, as your kingdom life coach, I'm going to bring that and say we're going to cancel comparison. We are going to encourage one another in the kingdom because what God is birthing through each and every one of us has absolute value and his plans and purposes will be fulfilled through that. When I'm looking at Elizabeth and Mary in this space, I love how, how Elizabeth is connecting the dots. She's bringing together some places and spaces that, that may have been very confusing and we need to connect with one another. 
Mary and Elizabeth are coming together and they're connecting the dots. They're beginning to share each of their stories so they understand what God's doing in the kingdom. That's what we want to do as believers as well. You are not living your life in isolation. How can you connect with other people and share your testimonies, your God stories in order to encourage them? They can share their God stories in order to encourage you and begin to connect the dots of what God's doing in this world through each and every one of us. So this is how Elizabeth does it. In in verse 45, she says, how fortunate you are, Mary, for you have believed what the Lord told you would be fulfilled. She is speaking over Mary what she sees and how she sees the kingdom advance through her. Now, Elizabeth's son, like I mentioned before, is John the Baptist in her womb. And he's going to be a forerunner for Mary's son, Jesus, the Savior of the world. And I love considering this intricate connection that the angel appears to Zechariah and Elizabeth just six months before he appears to Mary. And honestly, we never truly know what divine plans or connections are coming. We never truly know. We only know in some cases what God's doing in our lives. How can you believe right now and trust right now that what he's doing in your life is not in isolation, that it is connected to what he's doing in other people's lives in, in, for his kingdom? And just like John the Baptist is a forerunner for Jesus, I want to suggest that you, in your faith, you living out your faith in abundant life and purpose, you are a forerunner for future generations. You are bringing the light in dark spaces for other people who are following you. You never know what six minutes could bring, six months could bring, six years can bring. Trust that God's working inside and outside and all all around you as you are going through your life and that what you do and your faith and your obedience is a direct lighthouse, a direct roadmap for other people coming behind you, your kids, your grandkids, and future generations. This is important work and it is so, so valuable. Now, what is true kingdom blessing? So we're going to go back to that word blessing because I can't help but think about Matthew chapter 5 and the way that Jesus teaches is a new way. His, his pinnacle, his pièce de résistance, his, his main work is the Sermon on the Mount, his most popular sermon. And what does he do? He actually deconstructs this idea of blessing and he begins to shift and create a new perspective of what blessing, what kingdom blessing is over worldly blessing. So let me read this over you today that you might receive it. Matthew chapter 5 in the voice translation says this, Now when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he went up on a mountain, as Moses had done before him, and he sat down, as Jewish teachers of his day usually did. His disciples gathered around him. So there on the mountain, Jesus is beginning to teach Crowds are gathering, they're overhearing, they're listening to his teaching, and they are captivated. This Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew. Here's the first one. He begins to teach and he says, Blessed are the spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek and the gentle, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, they will see God. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. What is Jesus beginning to share here? He is beginning to reorient people's minds and hearts towards the idea of blessing. The world wants to sell you blessing as material objects, as money, as wealth, as fame, as achievement. Again, in and of themselves, these things are not bad, but they are distinct. There's a distinct possibility that we could be tempted to create idols out of these things. And Jesus is coming and saying, okay, you think that blessing means this, but honestly, as children of God, the way that God's kingdom works, blessing is actually this. It's like kingdom math, right? Have you have you guys heard about this thing called girl math, which really actually it just chaps my hat a little bit. It's my goat because it's this, it's this kind of this funny idea that if you pay with cash, it's like free because cash is like free money. Or if you buy one, get one, it's like, it's like free. Or if you, you know, buy enough to get free shipping, it's, it's free because you spent over $75 and shipping is free. So it's like girl math. It's like free. And I want to say that what Jesus is doing here is he is actually making a case for kingdom math. He's beginning to reorient and shift the way that they are thinking because he's saying, when you are spiritually poor, when you mourn, if you are meek and gentle, when you hunger and thirst, these things don't sit well in the world. These things seem like deficiencies in the world, things that you don't want, that you want to avoid, that you want to stay away from. And Jesus is saying, I know that this brokenness is actually going to usher you to the feet of Jesus. It's going to usher you to the throne, to the feet of the Father, because he can come in and fill you where you are lacking. There's an eternal blessing, an eternal treasure that's coming in this space. In verse 11, it says, And blessed are you, blessed are all of you when people persecute you or denigrate you or despise you or tell lies about you on my account. But when this happens, rejoice, be glad. Remember that God's prophets have been persecuted in the past and know that in heaven, you have a great reward. How difficult is it when we feel misunderstood? Our heart's in the right place, our intention's in the right place. And yet Jesus tells us, listen, you're going to be misunderstood. I was misunderstood. But when you align yourself with me, when you let your love, when, when we let the Father's love, when we let the light of Jesus, when we let the comfort and the ministry of the Holy Spirit into our hearts to prune us and shape us and refine us and fill us in ways that the world cannot, it's going to be okay. You will be misunderstood. Now, if you need to do some work in there because you said something that was rude, then I think the kingdom work is to say, you know what? that was really rude. And I'm so sorry. I apologize. Will you forgive me? Jesus makes it very clear in the scriptures that we are to to go and reconcile. If something is broken with our brother, we are to go reconcile before we come into the throne room and and communicate with him, right? That there are blocks in the natural sense that, that will block us from actual connection with God. So if something's coming to you right now that is blocking your connection with God, maybe God's saying, you know what, go make this thing right with your brother, with your sister, 
with your neighbor, whatever it is, and then come to me because the path is open. You will receive the earth. You will be comforted. You will receive the kingdom of heaven. You will be filled. When you show mercy, I will show you mercy. When you make peace, I will make peace with you. That's what true blessing is. Blessed are, happy are, filled are the people that live in God's economy the way that God designed it. This is not what the world wants us to do, or, or, or the, the, the world does not profit when we live this way. But Jesus is saying that despite what you see in your own life, despite the poverty or the mourning or the persecution, you are favored by God. You are his child. And even though you have no place and no share of the, of the kingdoms of this world, in a worldly sense, you do have an inheritance in a true and lasting kingdom. You are beloved. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city built on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. How can the light of Jesus radiate from you today? What does blessing look like in your life? Mary comes. Elizabeth recognizes that she is blessed among women The child she is carrying is blessed because he is going to be the savior of the world. When we read Mary's story and we know how this whole thing ends with Jesus' crucifixion and she is mourning the death of her son, there is no way this side of heaven, there's no way to our human understanding that we would call her blessed. Why? Well, how could she possibly be blessed when she's going to lose her son? And yet God is saying, this is how I am going to reconcile myself with this world. This is how I'm going to bring all of my children back to me. And Jesus's death on the cross does not, that is not the end of the story. Death does not have the final say. We know that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And yet Jesus came to bring full life and bring it abundantly. That's what we see in this narrative arc of Jesus coming into the world, reorienting our hearts and our minds toward what is the kingdom of God. He is crucified, dead, and buried. He rises again because the blessing is going to come in his ascension. And then when he sends the Holy Spirit, there's a multiplication of blessing through what seems like the worst thing that could happen. And yet God says, I'm not done. What Satan meant for evil I mean for good, and I'm going to give you multiple blessings. I'm going to give you the the comfort and the message and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today, as you ponder these verses, as you study this interaction between Mary and Elizabeth, how can you recognize kingdom blessing in your own life? How can you encourage others when you see God's blessing over them, just as Elizabeth encourages Mary? And how can you immediately get up and go and connect with other believers who are going to encourage you, inspire you, speak truth over you so that you can be equipped and empowered to live out God's purpose for you on this earth, which is to shine the light of Jesus. You are to be the city on the hill, not hiding it under a basket. So I pray all the love and blessing over you this Christmas season and beyond. 
Thank you for hanging with me. And as always, if you want to grab the supplemental devotional guide, go to ohwearyworldrejoice.com. And if you feel like God is bringing about new understanding, new plans and purposes, he's bringing vision into your life, and you're thinking, okay, how can I get up and walk in this space? I need help. I need direction. I need encouragement. I need declaration and strategy. Then I would invite you to hop on my website, meganbnielsen.com. Click on curiosity call right there at the top of the page, schedule a call and let's connect. Let's talk about what God's doing in your life and seek kingdom strategy together to unlock and empower you to walk out the purposes that he has for you both now and into the next year. So I love you guys and I can't wait for you to come back for next week when we will have part five, the final part of Oh Weary World Rejoice. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Nilsen or head to my website, meganbnilsen.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.